Hello and welcome to the Claire O'Sullivan podcast. This podcast aims to inspire every person to live a happier, healthier and more fulfilling life and to bring you the right information on how to do so. Thank you to everybody for listening to the podcast. If you are enjoying it, please hit subscribe and drop us a review. Now let's dive into the next episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Claire O'Sullivan podcast. Today I am joined by another incredible guest and I'm so so excited to have this amazing lady on. So I just want to say a massive welcome to Ashling Sheridan. Um, welcome to the podcast Ashling. Thank you so much for giving up your time to chat to me today and I'm so excited to chat to you. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I'm really excited for this chat and um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be an interesting conversation. It'll be fun. Amazing. And do you know what? Whenever I have a guest on Ashling, I always just say like, I, I sometimes have a few questions in my head, but I, I rarely end up asking them and it always just goes in crazy tangents. So we'll just go with the flow. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> without further ado, I would love to let you introduce yourself, Ashling. Tell us who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm I'm always so awkward with these, but um yeah, my name's Ashling. I play AFLW with Collingwood and I also play County Football with Calvin. Um my background of study, I did a level eight uh, BSc in athletic therapy and training in DCU. And I currently have my own online work, which I do like online personal training and nutritional coaching. Amazing, amazing. Um, I feel like we have a lot in common, so I can't wait to pick your brains and get your ideas on things. Um, but tell me a small bit more about so you play um GA for Cavan Ladies, you're also playing um over in AFLW for Collingwood. Um, how long have you been over playing professionally? So I I have I think, yeah, I have four seasons completed, um, which kind of have fitted into, I'd say, three years because my third and fourth season, um, both of them actually were in the one year um, with the way kind of the season dates changed. Um, so it's kind of been three years and then obviously COVID happened in the middle of it. So things got delayed. But yeah, it's kind of been like three to four years. I've kind of been over and back to Australia. So um, it's crazy. Time actually has gone so fast. The more I think about it, like I can't believe um I'll be coming into my fifth season wow that is mad was that ever something like this was on a vision board or that was a goal for you or was that ever something you imagined for yourself um I don't actually think so I always loved sport and like trying to compete at the highest level and I think I suppose with AFLW it's probably only it's coming into its eighth season. So like, it's still relatively new. Like it, and as I said, like some of them seasons have been kind of in the one year. So it's kind of only been going seven to eight years. So um, I it was never something that I always thought of like growing up because it probably wasn't there or I wouldn't have seen it. Um, And then it was only kind of recently when the probably maybe five, six years ago is when um, maybe one or two Irish were getting picked up or it was this new thing that kind of came across, you know, to Ireland um and it was definitely something that's like oh I you know if the opportunity came I'd love to try my hat at it but like I didn't know much about it all the same um but yeah that's kind of how it um it kind of came into my life wow uh, how, and what has it been like to transition from playing county um and playing at a really high level over here to actually playing professionally over there now um yes so it's it's been great I have to say um, like sometimes the transition can be hard depending on the time you're going, especially probably in your first year or two um, when everything is so new in Australia. But like I've been very lucky. I've been with Collingwood um, the last few. I've been only with Collingwood, I should say. And so everything, every time I go back over to Australia, it's nearly like my second home. Like I, everything I know, I know my place around the city. Like it's just it's so natural to me, whereas obviously in the first year or two you know you're still trying to figure things out um so it's been great but I suppose on you know every year they're trying to get the AFL W competition bigger so with that might come like an increase in training hours but to be honest we train very similar to what we train here it is a semi-professional sport in the sense that like we have girls that are teachers paramedics and stuff so we don't train till evening time so um it's not like you know where you train in the morning and stuff like you can do your gym and that but they are hoping to get to that um level very soon like the way the men are so yeah but we'd have girls that are teachers and paramedics and just 
normal kind of like nine to five or eight to four jobs um, or they might work in the club and stuff. So, um, yeah, so hopefully that I will get a chance to experience maybe the kind of fully professional they are hoping to get to that where you kind of train in the morning and you're done then, um, you know, midday and then you have the evening off. Whereas I suppose counties like that too, where you have girls um, that have jobs and then you train in the evening times and your games are like whatever on a Sunday and then it's like back the same. So I suppose in that sense of things, it's been um, very similar, although the training demand over there is a little bit more because we probably do train for more hours and, um, you know, have a little bit more to do than what we have had to do here. Uh, that's pretty amazing for like ladies Gaelic football to say that it is at a similar level all the same and do you know what it probably means that you were pretty well prepared like making that transition as well yeah yeah no definitely and I think that's one thing um you know you kind of hear back a lot with the like when talking to people over in Australia or the people that's in charge um and that's why they love getting Irish as well because even though it's an amateur sport here, a lot of us have that mindset of kind of that professionalism where you do your extra gym sessions on the day you're not training or you're on top of your nutrition or um, you're doing extra skills and stuff. And, you know, it's not that they, they nearly don't have to ask us to do that when we're over there because it's a given. And, um, you know, it nearly comes more, not that it comes more natural, but a lot of us are in that mindset before we go over there. So I knew that was one thing with Collingwood as well. Um, you know, they really appreciated with their Irish that like we, you know, we look after our nutrition, like in terms of remind ourselves, we're all looking at recovery and, um, you know, we're always looking to do extra skills or um, get our gym sessions done and um, training intense and stuff. So um, I think that's one thing, definitely, even though like it is an amateur sport here in Ireland, um, a lot of the players, if not all of them, um, are off that mindset of that kind of elite mindset. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, and how long has sport been a part of your life, Ashling? Did you start playing at a young age? Yeah, so I come from a very um, sporting family. So I have three older sisters and then there's my mom and my dad. So um, both my mom and dad played football and county football. And then my oh, sisters yeah. all played county football and we all played club football together. Um, so I, uh, me being the youngest, I was always at their games anyways, or like a training or training with them or you know um we did a lot of sports as well growing up so like literally sport is probably um you know one of the massive things in our family and we all do it um and we all like we did so much sports growing up too so um it's probably why I kind of knew I always wanted to kind of like play sport at a high level because it was kind of just my thing and it's it's kind of what I've grown up in and the environment I've grown up in wow that is amazing so your mom and dad both played county for Cavan as well yeah yeah. Wow. So was there ever like was there ever a question about it or was that just bred into you from the youngest age? Yeah, I think it just as I said, like our childhood is us like because mom and dad would have um, coached other teams and dad especially. So I suppose like he go coaching a team and, you know, it was babies, not that it was babysitting, but we just go with them and, you know, we'd help pick up the coats <laughs> or, you know, he'd have us doing some of the runs like he'd give us a head start and whatever team he had and you know he they'd be doing a set of runs and he'd give us a head start and he'd be like try catch them or whatever so you know and it wasn't that it was forced upon us I think it was just like we were very outdoor um kids we always just want to be outside doing things in a very active family and as I said we did that many sports too as well and so uh yeah I think it literally was just um like second nature to us but I think for me as well like um I just really had such a keen interest in sport and it probably is why I kind of work um in the field I do as well at the moment it was just kind of like my thing I knew I kind of wanted to do something along that that line so um yeah I think it's it's just born and bred into us how competitive is your household um oh we're not too competitive to be fair we never actually had to compete against each other which was great um more so um but yeah no we're probably very competitive when we're playing together um, I'm sure some people will probably say that, um, but no, uh, yeah, um, no, yeah, we're very, we definitely push each other on, um, but it's, you know, it's great as well, like, because we're so supportive of each other, and especially me being in Australia, um, and my family are always up watching the games, no matter what time it's at, so even that side of things is so special, and I appreciate it so much, or um, my sister got to come out to me, and my dad got to come out to me as well, and um, so, 
Wow. You know, they've been very supportive, um, supportive of me. And, you know, we always are supportive of each other and we love having the opportunity to play together because, you know, it was only a few years ago my mum started stopped playing football. No so way. I got to play a few years with her as well at senior level in clubs. So um, that was pretty cool too. That Not many yeah. people get to experience that. So that is very cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely, definitely something to remember and one for the books. <laughs> um, is she good? Is your mum good? Oh yeah, she is. She's um, she's a she's a goer. She um, you know, she throw her hat at anything. So um, yeah, no, she would have she would have played a lot and very good at camogie growing up. She would have played wow. a lot of camogie. Um, and then she kind of only fell into the kind of football field. I think with us as well. So that is um, amazing. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Fair play to her. So um, you're gonna have to stay playing so that your kids can um take to the field with you as well. Yeah, oh, I like I even <laughs> think about it. It's crazy. I don't know how people do it, especially after having four kids. Fair play, Jesus! Wow, keep sticking to it. Yeah, that that is inspiration. Um, so sport has always been a massive part of your life, and then you said you went on to study um athletic therapy in DCU. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was in DCU and I did athletic therapy and training. So I kind of always assumed. Like I thought like physio or something along them lines. I knew I kind of wanted it to be in the sports side of things. Um, I just didn't know what um what I wanted. And I did athletic therapy and training DCU, which I absolutely loved. It was a brilliant course and got to meet so many amazing people and got to like have really good experiences. And I kind of did a bit of that then once I graduated. Um I used to do a bit of online or a bit of um coaching certain classes as well, or like covering teams like doing um match day cover and stuff like that but I suppose for me being so involved in sport it kind of sometimes clashed a lot because you'd be asked to help cover a training or a game and you know you'd end up having your own game so I don't know did I think think wisely about that job choice because <laughs> I, felt that I was saying I was saying I couldn't cover a lot of the times and then um then I got the opportunity to go to Australia so um and then once that kind of happened and then COVID happened in my first year and that's probably then when I turned to the online side of things. Okay, amazing. And how have so you work online as a trainer and a nutrition coach? Yeah, yeah. So, so how um, is that going for you? Yeah, it's it's really good, and um, I you know I'm so lucky and so grateful to be able to do what I do. Um, I I think I always kind of knew as well. I always wanted to do something where I could kind of help others, and I think that's kind of where I kept going. Okay, I knew I loved health and fitness, and. Um, I always love to help others like all my sisters are teachers um, and you know I could have done teaching either but I just I just knew it kind of wasn't for me I kind of like the flexibility I suppose now I've realized of like the online side of things Um, but no it's it's brilliant and I suppose you know as we were kind of saying earlier on being your own boss sometimes can be hard because um, it's very hard to leave down the laptop sometimes when you know it's eight or nine o'clock in the evening and you know you probably shouldn't be on it you know you have to kind of set yourself then <laughs> boundaries that you know you have a certain time that you work between but again um as I said I kind of love the flexibility so even though you might be picking up an email at that time you know you might have had a gap through the day so it kind of ebbs and flows totally totally um so tell me um what kind of clients do you work with primarily at the moment um so I actually have um a broad range of clients I have some that are injured and especially for the nutritional side of things trying to keep on top of that I have um, a lot of people who maybe want to get better um, or just get fitter. So I do um, some like further sport for GA. Um, I have people who just want to build strength and stuff that maybe play GA. And then I just have general population who just want a nice gym plan or just want to, you know, figure out how to understand their nutrition and kind of um, increase their knowledge around that. So there isn't, um, I'd say, one particular type of client I have. It's, to be honest, it's all ranges, um, which I kind of like as well because, um, I nearly don't want to tie myself down to one specific thing, but I definitely have a broad range. Um, I do have I probably a lot of kind of football, um, football or Gaelic players, um, probably as well. Um, I've, I do have a few in Australia too, which is cool. So, um, yeah, but a lot of people that kind of, you know, anything got to do in the kind of fitness or nutrition side of things. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Um, is it okay if I pick your brains a little bit and ask you for some of your nutrition yeah, yeah, and course. training insights? Um, so if, um, we'll say just a client comes to you and says, Ashling, like, 
what are the few things that I can do to improve my nutrition? Um, what are like the top things that you would be saying to a person who doesn't really have much of an understanding of things? Where would you start someone? Um, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think if someone didn't, I'd probably be, I'd probably ask, like I like to look at what other people have and then go through that. So I could say, eat x y and z and then they're like well, I don't like that but she told me to eat it so I'm gonna have to force myself so I'm very much like don't I don't like when people give out specific meal plans because I don't think it increases their knowledge around it so that's one thing I don't do like a lot of people would ask me like can you do have a meal plan for me and I'm like I'm so sorry I can't I just don't believe in it um but no I probably tell them to increase their water intake um increase their protein intake try aim for like 80% whole foods and you know have that 20% you know treats and I definitely always I always tell my clients please include a treat every day I'm not one to be like I don't want to eat chocolate for the next six weeks I don't believe in that either I'm very much like you know balance is key um and just don't overcomplicate it and don't um you know all you need is to plan a simple breakfast lunch and dinner and snacks in between it and try keep getting a bit of protein through your meals lots of color don't be afraid of carbs and get some good healthy fats in too. I absolutely love everything you've said there. I realize I totally put you on the spot there, but then everything that came <laughs> out was absolute gold. <laughs> and I couldn't agree with you more because I think so many people like reach out to me as well. And I think a lot of people think that it's the like the magic meal plan that they've been missing Um, when yeah. actually like, I do think it's so like so overcomplicated with the amount of information that's out there that yeah. sometimes like saying those things and I'm often saying those exact same things as you're saying it sounds kind of like it sounds kind of boring and it sounds like the unsexy answer that people don't really yeah. want but like it really is like as simple and as straightforward as that I think it's just it's like the implementation of that consistently is like what what catches people but like those basics that you've said so water increasing protein intake 80% good whole foods and like you said yeah. just think of your three meals if you have three decent meals yeah. and you have a few snacks around that you're actually flying and I think like yeah. if someone's looking to lose weight like you need to know maybe how many calories you're taking in and um, yeah 100% if- if you're not making progress with things and then protein is going to be really important yeah. for anyone looking to improve performance. Um, where yeah. do you, where do you feel like people kind of fall down most? Like we'll say maybe even for your own clients, like before they've reached out to you or even when you kind of start working on things, what do you feel like are the biggest blocks for people to, to get in the results when it comes um, to nutrition? Two common things I see a lot um, is one, if people want to like, whether it's a weight loss journey or just a, like a healthier journey whatever it may be they always nearly try to restrict themselves from like okay look at I can't eat sometimes I'd see a lot of people nearly restrict their carbs and I try to get to the reason why but a lot of times I see people saying okay no I'm not going to eat chocolate ice cream fizzy drinks whatever for the next x amount of weeks and then there comes a point where they end up having it and they feel so guilty whereas I'm like please have some every day it's not going to do any harm like as long as you're getting your wholesome foods in too. And I'm like, I see a lot where people restrict and then they end up overindulging and it's like this cycle. Um, another thing I see as well is people panicking. Um, Okay, I have a meal out with my friends on Saturday. It's going to destroy all my progress. And I always like to try, you know, keep them aware that it's not actually going to destroy anything. Okay, maybe your goal is to lose weight this week. What's the harm if you don't lose weight this week? It's not going it's only one week there's 52 weeks of the year you know it's not going to be the end of the world and I always try to you know emphasize just if you have the meal out Saturday just get back to normal Sunday enjoy your meal you don't want to look back on it with regret thinking oh well that was my friend's 21st and I have such bad memories because I was so afraid to eat or drink or whatever and obviously I do understand you know if your goal let's just say is weight loss you know you probably can't be drinking every single weekend you know it is going to delay your progress but I do think these once-off things if you have something on or an important event or something it's okay if you end up enjoying yourself and you just get back to it the next day I think that's one thing I see a lot is probably people panic and be like okay well that's all my progress completely ruined so I try to emphasize that and um, it's one thing I'm actually like you know what I'm glad you had something on because you can now learn like if you're doing a six-week block with me I'm like I'm actually glad you have something on because 
when you're finished working with me, I want you to think back whenever you do have another event on that, how you just got back to things normally the Sunday and the Monday and followed on. You didn't let it continue for the week. So I'm like, you know what, this is actually a great thing. You know, it's it's not a negative thing. It's like this just shows you and teaches you and educates you um, on how you can still have that balance. Um, obviously, if you're eating out every single day of the week and every night and that, you know, you have to be, you know, you have to be realistic. And I think that's one thing as well I say, I'm like, um, if someone like, you know, was like, well, I didn't lose weight this week. And I'm like, OK, but, you know, be mindful. Like, how did your week go? If you did have a meal out with your friends, that's OK. You know, don't worry. One week isn't going to ruin anything. Um, and I think you kind of have to, you know, be accepting of that. Like, you can't just do this six week strict block and then expect everything to be perfect. I like to educate probably a bit more so. I like I I couldn't agree with everything that you've said more. And I feel like we have very similar coaching styles. Um, there are two things I see very commonly as well. And like I think you've hit the nail on the head in the sense that I think a person has to, they nearly have to see for themselves that I can eat carbs and I can still yeah. lose weight, or I can have a meal out and I can still lose weight. And I think they have to see that evidence nearly before that belief kind of changes. Cause I don't know if like like for females specifically, maybe just going back the years, I feel like we've picked up a lot of like subconscious beliefs around food, around yeah. weight loss that we don't even know where they come from all the time or why that guilt is there. Yeah. And sometimes you don't always maybe like accept it all the time just from someone saying yeah. it, that when they see it for themselves and they're like, Jesus, right, I, I can have that bit of chocolate every day and nothing 100%. bad happens. And it's like yeah. when, when that belief changes, I don't know if you've seen this with your clients, but I guess I always see it with clients at the start. There's that fear, like there's that fear around meals out. And then it's like clients who like, we have clients who'd be in our program for a good few months. And the ones who are like there a few months are like, they, they've totally just accepted that I can completely do that. I don't need to feel guilty. And they're kind of at that next stage where they have that understanding and it's kind of a really nice place for them to be. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I think that's, that's definitely a common thing I think a lot and it's even something simple as someone being like oh well you can't eat after 8 p.m or you know them kind of things you hear a lot and you're like no no that's it's like someone just told us that growing up and it's like um <laughs> but you hear them a lot and I'm sure like at certain stages I believe some things that I heard and it's only now kind of now that I'm working on it you learn a lot more um or like you hear like all of these different diets that people are trying and um you know it might work for some and it might work for the others and I think that's kind of you just have to find what works for you absolute fact and uh, I'm so in the same boat as you as in like these things that we're saying now as normal and like I guess they're coming second nature to us because we're like talking about it all the time thinking about it all the time yeah if I was to go back 10 years I was making all of those mistakes and believing all yeah. of those things so it's never a, like never a bad thing if someone does believe it it's just I guess that leaves massive room for improvement because they can maybe get rid of some of that guilt and get rid of some of those myths and actually make life a little bit easier sometimes yeah no definitely um and we'll say for yourself you obviously have to keep your nutrition like at a really good level to fuel the training that you're doing to be able to recover um when someone is like trying to compete at that level what are the things that you feel like you have to do when it comes to your nutrition to keep things going really good yeah um that's a good one now I think you have to be so mindful as well you don't go too much the other way because um you know I think that's like this is obviously a diff not a different topic but you could delve into it but like you know there's a lot of pressure or sometimes I find to look look a certain way Um, I know I'm completely off topic so I, I I probably forgot the question but I'll try to come back to it Um, you know there's a certain pressure and I do find that sometimes there's certain pressure on me to look a certain way but I keep just going back to um, you know what I know myself like it's okay that even though I'm performing at an, a really high level of sport like I'm it's okay that I don't look like these athletes that people nearly expect you to look like um but yeah no definitely when you know I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna lie there is times when my nutrition isn't great like I had a you know where I'm just kind of eating whatever but I know how to snap out of it and get back into it and I actually think that's important too to like you can't be 100% perfect all the time and I'm not gonna lie I love eating out at the weekends like I generally go for dinner nearly every Saturday night kind of thing I mean especially when I'm in Australia I'm like 100% I'm going for dinner because 
you know, I'm not going to be here in maybe 30 years time. So I want to like make memories too. So it's about finding that balance. But um, yeah, no, definitely you have to be mindful of what you eat. And, you know, especially even if I go delve in a little bit deeper is maybe like things for me, especially like iron and stuff. And um, when the training intensity is so high and like fish oils and stuff like, so I have to be kind of a bit specific in the meals I'm picking. But I definitely would have a very, very balanced approach. Like I, I like, as I said, I like to eat out at the weekends and it's not that I, go and get a salad like I go all out kind of thing like you know and I'm completely okay with it and it doesn't affect me in that sense and um, because I know I'm putting in the work elsewhere um, and again it's that whole 80-20 balance that you can have that but yeah no definitely there is times where you know you know really feel especially if you're in the coaching side or like me um, just you know post on Instagram where people expect and then they're looking at you being like okay well she's playing sport too as well Um you know that you you know if someone sees you know you've cellulite and they're like oh my god but like you've cellulite and you're playing sport and I'm like yeah is that not okay you know like you know that kind of thing I have oh, found that okay. a few times with me or um I remember a comment was said to me been like oh it's so good to see you've stomach rolls and I was sitting down and I was like I know that's probably a compliment but like I don't know how I feel about it you know that kind of thing and it's not that the men I don't think there's any badness in it but it's like sometimes I nearly feel like there's a little bit of pressure on you to look a certain way um because of the position you're in and I'm kind of like I do try to really be like look at you know this is okay to have x y and z or you don't look like this 100% of the time but in terms of my nutrition yeah no I do I would be very um you know, mindful and aware of what I'm eating, especially in season and stuff. But I'm not going to lie, there is times when I'm not 100% on top of it, but it's okay. I just, as I always say to my clients, if that's okay, like you're, you can't expect to be 100% perfect or 90% perfect all the time because you're setting yourself up for failure. But I do try aim to be 70 to 80% good, but I'm not going to lie, there could be two or three weeks where it just goes out the window and then I just get back into things. I think that's really good to normalize that as well, because like, I think, that, like it isn't actually necessary to be 100% perfect all the time and yeah. like what even is 100% perfect because I guess I always think of like like health isn't just our nutrition either like health yeah. is like the social interactions we're having the fun we're having how we're feeling emotionally and mentally and I feel like eating out for most of us is a big part of that as well and yeah. when you're training at such a high level do you know, you you often have that bit more wiggle room in terms of calories yeah. and things like that as well. So I think it's really, I think it's really important for like athletes to know that as well, or anyone playing GA at a high level that it doesn't need to be perfect. And it's like health is more than just the food that we're eating. Yeah. Um, I'm so yeah, glad you touched, you touched on that as well around body image, because I do think that um, there is a lot of pressure around it for like anyone who's playing a certain sport or also anyone who's a coach. And I know it's definitely something that I have felt as well. Um, and I suppose like when you're putting yourself out there a lot on social media, like you do leave yourself that little bit more open for people to kind of feel like it's OK to say things like that um but uh, that comment that was said I'm sure that was meant like in the best way and they're probably just happy that yeah okay, that's normal like that's a normal thing um but I suppose something that I'm actually going through at the moment I trained quite hard last year for like did my first marathon and ended up doing two marathons and I ended up actually losing my period and um decided that I wasn't going to really focus on it until I finished that second marathon and I still things still haven't normalized for me since and that was in October so it's something I've kind of started talking to my clients a little bit more about that like like health isn't like I was at quite a low body fat percentage in training really like training yeah. really hard and put my body under more stress than obviously I was able for felt fine at the time and would have looked really healthy but clearly wasn't really healthy now I'm in the process of gaining back body fat um, and bringing training down which like might seem to a lot of people that that's more unhealthy but actually like sometimes being a really low body fat percentage isn't the picture of health and I think that's a really important thing like for people to be able to talk about and like if you were a lower body fat percentage with less body fat it wouldn't mean you were going to be better at your sport necessarily or 100 yeah no and that actually happened to me in my first year in Australia I probably because it was also new to me and it wasn't that I was intentionally eating less but like I don't know I ended up I did end up losing my period now I do know the traveling probably didn't help and then the train and stress because I went from um 
Oh, yeah, the training load would have increased a lot more because I would have been doing extra skills because it was my first year. So that did happen to me. And then I remember I went home to Ireland and I got it again. So that was brilliant. And then I went back out the second year and same thing happened again. And I definitely think my body fat was at a lower percentage. And I remember I just sat down with the dietitian and I was like, look, at, I understand people want to look like this, like not look like me, but in general want to look like they have abs and stuff. But I was like, to be honest, I couldn't care to me as long as my health is there because I think, and that I see that a lot with females as well. They think it's great to not be getting a period. And I'm like, if you even just read up on how actually detrimental that's going to be for you in the future. I know short term now, it seems like amazing. But I'm like, in the future, you know, it can, you know, can be really detrimental on your health. And I was like, and me being in a sport and bone density and stuff, I was like, I need this. So um, I ended up getting it back anyways. I just was eating more food, basically up to my fat intake and stuff. And, and in saying that, like I was literally two kgs lighter which to people mightn't seem like a lot than I am that I usually sit at so to me I didn't feel like I lost a lot of weight well depending what time like depending where I'm at it was maybe one kg to two kgs lighter which you know is only two pounds but that um my body was like no that my body wasn't happy with that and obviously because I couldn't really change my training load too much and I wasn't training extreme like I had rest days and everything there like it wasn't like it was crazy training but I do think the stress of it and the stress of being in a different country and if you're long distance tied into that and the COVID and all that was happening so I do think there was a lot of factors sleep was absolutely terrible um so anyways I ended up getting it back and um yeah to me and I remember one time this um we had a talk with someone and she wasn't she was just she was an athlete she wasn't actually talking about anything got to do with this she was just talking about injuries in general and she was like you know your body uh whispers before it screams and it's something I I literally say the whole time now and I was like that is so true like my body was whispering to me there like like with that like that my sleep was bad you know you'd no period um there was loads of different things and that as she said it screams or it whispers before it screams and you know you don't want to let it scream so but I think that can be taken up in anything like if anyone is playing sport and has a tight muscle or you know you just have to be mindful and it's one thing I definitely listen to a lot but um I would notice because I would um you know track my cycle if I had a very very stressful month um would depend on what was going on lifestyle stuff um I would notice it would completely delay my cycle so it's kind of like I do think I recommend people to kind of keep a good eye on it. And I know it can be hard, as I say to clients, if they're trying to get the period back, you know, I'd be like, don't worry what the scale says. Like I'm telling you, your health is so much more important um, and it's not going to happen overnight. And it's something you just have to be patient with and just keep trusting the process. And there'll be ups and downs associated with it. But I think in the long run, it's um it's going to be something more positive than you think. And as you said, like it can be hard, you know, trying to put on more body fat. But I do think um, you know, your health is your wealth. Um and you know, just because you look a certain way doesn't mean you're healthy. Hundred percent. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I suppose I think we just have um I think we've been sold or we've believed like this thought process that like less body fat is better when it's just not all the time. And I love that um I love that quote of your body whispers before it screams because I think it is really important for us to be looking at those signs of okay, something's like a little bit off here. And I do think our bodies are so much like smarter than we actually give them credit for sometimes yeah. and if anyone is out there ignoring like not getting a period it's just it's not wise it's not healthy it's not going to be good for us like not now or not in the longer term so I do think that's something yeah. that's really important um and I think it's a like a conversation that people like need to be having that bit more as well like the what like why do we yeah. think there's something wrong with cellulite as well like like I, I've yeah, heard 100%. of people like like putting out videos online and things of these exercises to get rid of cellulite. Cellulite's not something you get rid of. It's something that everyone has. I don't know why we have this image that it's not a good thing. And I guess it's from magazines and things like that, but everyone has cellulite. Like no matter what body fat percentage you are, you can still have a bit of cellulite. It's completely normal. Yeah, no, and that's like, that is so true. And I think, as you said, they're like magazines and stuff. Probably when we were just growing up and you'd see them and they'd be pinpointing things wrong with celebrities or what they thought. And um, I think that kind of just has then created this um, 
you know, that people think this and, um, you know, it is hard, especially if you did get consumed by that to try convince yourself otherwise. But I do think it's good now these days that a lot more people are speaking out and showing their natural bodies and stuff. And um, because, you know, I, as I always say, your body does so much wonderful things for you. You don't want to spend your life hating it. Um, because life is too short, literally. Um, so yeah, as I think, I definitely agree with what you said there. Like especially with how magazines and stuff had such an influence, probably on us and social media. Hundred percent. And I think some of those um belief processes I have fallen into before, and I guess that's where I'm able to see the gaps now in my own thinking previously. That now, when my when I am just much more health focused, I can see where I was thinking in the wrong ways before, and it's not there's anything wrong with it. But I guess now I realize that that just didn't benefit me. And I suppose that gives us maybe like the platform to be able to talk about those things a little bit more from a place of having gone through like some of those negative ways of thinking as well. Um, oh, yeah, you, 100%. For you, Ashling, like what does what does health actually mean for you now? Like, how do you know if you are healthy? What do you take into account if you're trying to ask yourself, OK, is my health in a good place right now? Um, my mindset, like how I am mentally is probably my number one thing. Um, my sleep and, um, how, how I feel in myself and then how I am with others, like my relationship with others as well is another thing for me. But like, just if I even take, like, I've had just say, I won't go into detail, but I've had like a very, very stressful, like last eight or nine days. Um, and like, you know, like it was very tough on me. And when I say like I have the whoop basically anyways, but like if I take if I don't even talk about that, but my sleep and stuff was terrible. And um, like even I was doing my period last week and I literally got it this morning, like it was very late, which is very unlike me, um, which is, again, 100 percent in distress. And I have the whoop, let's just say I'm generally I generally have a few green recovery. So green means good. And it's just how your body can deal with stress, strain. Um, how your heart rate and stuff is but the last eight nine days it's either been red which is like you need to you know mind yourself or yellow um, and this morning was the first time I actually woke up and it was green and then um, you know I got my period as well so I was like I know people think like you can't base everything off you know technology which I'm not because I actually um, I before I ever look at the whoop I ask myself like how do I think I slept and stuff like that like I got nine hours sleep or nearly nine hours sleep last night which I've kind of only been getting four or five the last few nights um so you know but yeah that's and mentally it was just a really tough week so um but yeah mentally and like how you feel um I I just I think people undervalue sleep so much like it is I like I just feel like you need to listen to so many podcasts like I, I try to emphasize how important sleep is and like you know the link it has I was listening to podcasts yesterday about um but Alzheimer's and stuff in the future so I was like oh my god like it's, it's something that's not talked about um, and then also like your relationship with others because I think you know um you know it's important as well to you know be yourself and be happy and stuff around others and then you then you can look at sport and how you you know you're training and all that kind of thing but I think for everyone the kind of these are kind of other factors I absolutely love that and when I asked you those questions that question those four things just absolutely rolled off the tongue it wasn't what body fat percentage I am or it wasn't that I'm eating 100% clean and I (laughs) I think sometimes we get like too hung up on those things and think that is the definition of health so um, just to delve a little bit deeper into those, um, what do you like? So first thing you said is like where my mindset is at. Like, do you have yeah. any practices that you have that help you keep your mindset in a good place? Um, I like to journal a bit. Um, it's something I kind of did a lot and like I still do it a lot. Um, or maybe read although I'm not going to lie I haven't been reading much uh, the last little while Um, but yeah definitely journal is kind of my number one thing as well as like most mornings if I can as the weather is permitting um, I like to go for a walk and either listen to music or a podcast or sometimes I don't listen and if it's a nice day and like you can kind of listen to the birds and stuff Um, it's kind of like my morning routine is really important for setting up my day um, especially because sometimes I feel like I can get so stressed over small things and then everyone's like, okay, calm down, it's not that big. So, um, <laughs> or I overthink things. So, um, yeah, it's kind of journaling or like just getting some time to myself, like when, when I'm out in the kind of fresh air is my kind of thing. I know people might like to lie down or something, but being out in the fresh air is kind of my kind of thing. 
I absolutely love that. And when you're talking about journaling, are you just like writing freehand, whatever's on your mind, or do you have certain questions that you answer when you're journaling? Um, yeah, certain questions. I like to keep it short and sweet, um, but I will have like a little part um, at the end where it's kind of like your thoughts and your feelings. So that's kind of when you kind of like, you can talk about how your day went, but it might just be like, what made me smile today or... Um, what area can I improve on? And three things three things I'm grateful for. I absolutely love that. And I think sometimes journaling can like seem a little bit inaccessible to people yeah. because they don't really know like what to do or how to do it. Like yeah. sometimes if I'm doing it, I'll just like I'll set a timer on my watch five minutes and just write like no questions sometimes, yeah. just whatever's on my just whatever's on my mind. And like anybody can do that. And I I find fierce power in it. Like if you're overthinking or your mind is racing and it's just like getting those thoughts out of your head onto paper, um, yeah. I think is amazing. And I suppose with things like journaling, I always say to my clients as well, like don't put the pressure on yourself to have to do it every day. Like do it when it suits yeah. you as well, because or else we kind of think that, oh, sure, there's no point if I'm not doing it every single day. But it's like those things are meant yeah. to add to life, not to be like an extra to do that is like a chore for you. Yeah, definitely. Or I even say, like, even just say them to yourself. You're like, okay, what's one area I can improve on tomorrow? So what's three things I'm grateful for? Like, it doesn't have to be wrote down because you do have 20 seconds if you wanted, even if it was just three things I'm grateful for today um, to do it. So I try even say, look, if you don't, if you're not bothered about writing it down, like, that's no problem. Like, because sometimes I'm like, no, nah, I'm not in the mood to be writing here. So I just say them to myself. Um, okay. So, yeah. Totally. And um, with morning routines and things as well, I think I've probably tried like a lot, like every morning routine that you'll find out there on YouTube. But I do think it's really important for people to find what works for them. And like when you're saying, yeah. OK, for me, it's just getting out in the fresh air, listening to the birds some mornings. Yeah. I'm not listening to a podcast. And I think it's it's whatever like makes you feel good and gets your day off to a good start and helps with maybe those racing thoughts and helps you, like you said, feel good in yourself. Yeah, 100%. And I'm very lucky, I suppose, that like, well, to be fair, I wake up early anyways. But, you know, if you had a job that you have to get up and you have to get going straight away in the morning, so you can't do that. So that might be, you know, you spend time in the car, just like not listening to music or that. And again, you can do your like three things I'm grateful for today. But yeah, I suppose it's one thing I'm, you know, lucky with that I can get up and go for a walk at half seven in the morning. And well, it mightn't even be that long of a walk. It could literally sometimes, depending, I might actually just walk around the house outside for 10 minutes because um, I just love getting sunlight and like fresh air into my skin as soon as I can because I just find it like helps me wake up better. Well, it does. But um, yeah, so I just it's just about getting outside really for me. Love that. Love that. Two other things you said were relationship with yourself and relationship with others. Um, how do yeah. you like how do you measure that your relationship with yourself? How do you know if that is in a good place or not in a good place? Um, I think about how I speak about myself um is kind of like how I measure it. And I suppose like I I would never be afraid to talk to anyone either like I know if I'm kind of being hard on myself or stuff like I'd be very open about it like I don't I try not to keep it bottled in um but yeah I think how I speak to myself I'll kind of know if I keep being very negative and stuff um I'm like okay clearly something's not right here and I'll kind of like address it um and sometimes it can just come back to being like okay like you're just being quite tired or whatever time in the month stuff like that but um yeah, I think how I look after myself and how I talk to myself. Um, if I'm starting to let my little routines and stuff slip um, out of more so laziness than being busy, then I know like I'm not really looking after myself. Love that. I love that. Um, and th that's just, it's really nice to, I guess, to know how you assess that. Um, because sometimes those things can, someone might know, like, what, what does that mean? Like relationship with myself for me, like, yeah it's it's literally like I'm asking myself how I feel and this was something I like yeah. wasn't in the habit of for a long time but now I'll actually just stop and take a second and like try and actually like feel like what emotions are going on in my body like am I feeling anxious if I am where am I feeling it like what does it feel like like um yeah how am I holding myself um and I think just asking myself how I feel at any moment in my day that kind of yeah tells me a little bit more and obviously your self-talk then as well because I know like a lot of us do like 
automatically have more negative tendencies when we're talking to ourselves so yeah I think they're really good things to be looking out for and it's like you have those little whispers there as well to maybe tell you if something's not yeah. going great and sometimes I find if I do ever say anything negative about myself I try to follow it up with a positive so it could be something I'd be like I'll give out about just say some part of my body but I'm like but it actually does this for my body do you know what I mean like I try to catch myself out and try follow with a positive now I'm not saying I do that all the time but on (laughs) reflection then I try to think back to it but I think um yeah I think that's important if you do find yourself negative self-talk and like think of all the positives it actually does for you so like especially or what your body does for you um because I find that with my clients a lot like they might be like really disliking you know how they feel themselves and stuff so I always try to get them to look at the positives um in that kind of sense that's amazing so it's like it's kind of like how you would actually interact with another person as well like treat yourself yourself the same way yeah yeah Um, definitely and another thing you said that's really important for you is sleep and I have seen you talk about that a bit on your um on your stories and things and looking at your roof and things so how do you actually make sure your sleep is on point I know this is something a lot of my clients struggle with and we were actually talking about it on a coaching call last night so like what do you do to make sure it is on point yeah so like I I go back it's with the podcasts like I have found um the diary of CEO just he's his is very good where he has talked to lots of people about sleep and like even all these business people and stuff but he did one recently where he talks to the person who wrote uh why we sleep and I think even if you don't actually want to improve your sleep, if you just listen to how much um, lack of sleep can affect your mental health, your health in the future, um, your daily tasks, all that kind of thing. I think it's just important to constantly remember that. But um, yeah, for me, what do I do to help my sleep? So I try to go to bed at like a set time. Like I would definitely be an early person going to bed. Like if I go to bed at nine or half nine I would because I like to wake early I'm a definitely a morning person but like sometimes that might not happen like and I still go to bed later but I definitely try to be in bed around maybe 10 o'clock or be asleep by then I like to have a hot shower before bed because I find it just makes me quite tired um limit caffeine so in the podcast they even talked about how caffeine has a half-life limit I think they said of five or six hours so if you have your last caffeine drink at um 2 p.m it's still in your system at 8 p.m and it has a quarter life of 10 to 12 hours so if you have your last drink at two o'clock at two o'clock in the morning or at 12 o'clock in the morning there's still a quarter of that caffeine intake in your system so I would try um I try limit it like to one one in the day but like in saying that you could be out meeting your friends and that's a two or whatever so um <laughs> you know maybe switch it up to like a decaf or something but um yeah look at I try to limit caffeine and I think just having a consistent bedtime is so important um, and a consistent wake time now I do have the whoop which I have to say I absolutely love and I also have the like kind of sunrise sunset alarm clock if you've seen uh, that the yeah. kind of simulation alarm clock so sometimes I like to switch that on it kind of gives you like a little sunset and you can pick for like 30 20 or 10 minutes and it'll like start to mimic that and eventually just go uh, pitch black and then you can also I also have it in the morning time so if if I have my alarm set for 10 past seven in the morning I have it set that like it'll, the light will start to gradually get brighter from seven onwards so it's kind of like giving you a more natural wake up um, routine which is so important as well for like how to wake up in the morning and kind of set yourself up right for the day whereas I think a lot of us kind of nearly grab the phone and stuff like that which I try to avoid like I'll get up make my bed all that kind of thing I'll go downstairs before I look at my phone because I think you know especially if you work from your phone or work online you could see emails and stuff coming on and straight away your anxiety levels are increased and again I like listen to all that in podcasts so um but yeah to cut the answer short like just have a consistent uh, bedtime, you limit your caffeine intake, limit your screen exposure or just switch your phone to like dark mode uh, pre-bed um, and try have like, uh, they were talking about the temperature of the room, like try not have it too hot as it's definitely harder to sleep and a too hot uh, if the room is too hot. Love that. Um, and I think there are probably things that we've heard like a lot, but don't implement consistently all the time. And the difference that yeah. they make, it is actually huge. Um, something yeah. I did like two years ago is that um, myself, and my partner, we just stopped bringing our phones into the bedroom, charge them in the kitchen, leave them yeah. in the kitchen. 
I think it makes the biggest difference ever because like you don't have this thing next to you that you're thinking about looking at before bed or it's not like your first instinct in the morning and just to buy like a different alarm clock I just have the biggest like old-fashioned alarm clock ever and I love it um and I think from everything I've read as well like one of the biggest things for optimizing your sleep is that consistency with sleep and wake times um so I think that is huge um so they are, um, that's a really good summary of, I suppose, like how we can actually be healthier. And do you know what? I was just thinking while you were talking about those things, if you can nail those things in terms of like getting your sleep right, getting your relationship with yourself right, actually just feeling good in yourself, I think that lays the platform for any other health and fitness 100%. goals that a person has. And I feel like it, it's such a good place to start working from that you actually feel good in yourself already. And then you can maybe start yeah. losing a bit of body fat or gaining a bit of muscle or really pushing yeah. on with things. But your sleep, yeah, and that's it. Like I remember I did a post on it before, but they actually talked, I think about the same study in the podcast, um, but about how sleep actually is. So if your goal is fat loss, how important sleep is for it because of the hormones um, that control your cravings and um when you're satisfied so when you are sleep deprived the hormone that tells you you're full decreases with meaning you think you're hungrier than you are and the hormone that kind of uh, craves more food increases so it's like double jeopardy you know you're setting yourself up for failure <laughs> but um yeah even the other implications of um you know lack of sleep and obviously i completely understand some jobs night shift and stuff so that there is obviously that to take into account but um on the other nights if you could you know really put time into your sleep I do think it's so important because it is like the number one thing I would say to my clients to help you with your goal no matter if that's weight loss weight gain or just to be healthier totally couldn't agree more and you just like um obviously it's not going to be so possible for everyone especially if you have kids I know there's a lot of moms in yeah 100% like but um like if you can like prioritize getting a little bit more you just feel so much better for it as well and I know my my cravings do go all over the place um when I'm lacking sleep so god help me if I ever have kids but um um it it, it, like for some of us we're just not doing the things that could help to improve it as well so it's kind of finding even like even if you can't yeah if you can't get the hours of sleep it's even trying to improve the quality of them hours you can get which would be then your screen exposure or your set bedtimes and stuff like that. Like there is other things then to help increase because you could end up sleeping nine hours a night, but that could be terrible quality sleep. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So totally. it's, it is interesting. Yeah, definitely. Totally. Um. So I feel like I have taken a lot of your time there today. So I want to say thank you so much for being so generous with your time. We do have one question. We always close the podcast on Ashling. So I would love to ask you, um, what is the one piece of advice? Um, if you were talking to a younger Ashling, what is the one piece of advice that you would give to her um, with everything that you've learned over the years? Um, I've always asked this question and sometimes <laughs> I think I say the same thing and then I say a different thing. But no, the things I always come back to is Sleep nine stop hours. being so hard in your yeah stop <laughs> being so hard in yourself um everything will work out um don't be afraid to make mistakes and if you do learn from them and um just appreciate everything especially the small things ah uh, I absolutely love that and I think that is such a perfect way to close the podcast so thank you so much for your time I know there's going to be so much gold in there for everyone um and I want to wish you the best of luck with all your endeavors with Cavan with Collingwood um I hope everything goes amazing for you perfect thank you very much and thank you for having me Thank you so much for listening to the Claire O'Sullivan podcast. I hope you are enjoying it. If you are, please make sure you hit subscribe and drop us a review and we will catch you in the next episode.